If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew, the 16th chapter. And what I'm going to speak to you about, if I was to write it down on the board, the title is a question. Yes or no to God. There are individuals in the scripture that literally told God no. And we're going to talk about a bunch of them here today. How does that sound? But then we also see in the scriptures there, was, there are some that told God yes. So today when you're listening, think about it. Am I telling God no or am I telling God yes? And we'll let the examples of the men and women of the scriptures uh, bless us here today. Now we spoke about this months back about telling God no. We're just going to take it a little bit farther. Because when Jesus shows up to you as more than just a man in your thoughts as the I am. The way, the truth, and the life, the light of the world, uh, the bread from heaven, the fountain of living water. When he shows up to you as the I am, are you ready to say yes or no, Lord? Because we're going to see some examples of like Peter. And I want you to think about it. Do you know anybody in the Bible, we're going to start with the Apostle Peter, that told God no more times than the Apostle Peter? But was he blessed? Oh my goodness, we're getting ready to read how blessed he really was. So Matthew 16, Jesus comes to his disciples in verse 13 and, and asks them, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They gave their answers in verse 15. He, he pinpointed them and said, but who do you say that I am? He's talking to those disciples, says, but who do you say that I am? In verse 16, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter didn't get this from a man. He got it from his father, from Jesus' father, from our father, which is in heaven. He tells him that in verse 17, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. When Jesus is preaching and testifying to his disciples, our Father in heaven quickened to Peter who he is, that he is the Son of the living God, that he is the Christ. And watch the blessing that comes with this. Verse 18, I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Now isn't that interesting? Because do you think God wants the whole world to know that Jesus is the Christ? The son of the living God. Yeah, go into all the world and preach. But here, Jesus told his disciples, don't. Why? Is there a timing factor here? He was not yet glorified. Very interesting, isn't it? So he's revealing himself to his disciples, which are to be the apostles. But he said, don't tell anybody else who I am right now. And Peter had received a word from our father in heaven, from his father in heaven, who Jesus was, and, and Jesus told him how blessed he was, wasn't he? Now watch how quickly the tables can turn. Verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem. Now notice that. It's not something he felt like doing. It's not something he said, I kind of need to. 
he said, he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Carrie, what's he saying to Jesus? No! That's what he's saying to Jesus. What you're saying to me right now, I don't accept it. Have you ever had the word of the Lord come to you? And God tell you something? And you say, no. Every one of us have. I guarantee you may not remember specifically right now. But what you're going to also see is every time Peter told the Lord no, Bryce, he was really wanting to say yes. He was really wanting to do the will of God. He was wanting to do what he was supposed to do. But he didn't understand the will of God at this time. Jesus is revealing to him, I must go to Jerusalem. I got to suffer. These things must be. No, Lord. That's what he said to him. No, Lord. And Jesus rebuked the thought in verse 23. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. Remember last week when we talked about the I am? And how those that hated Jesus were enemies of Jesus, only saw him as a man? The apostle Peter got caught in that thought. It was Satan in his thoughts that told him to say, No, Lord, not so. And he reasoned it. Why? I don't want to see you suffer. You're the Lord. You're my friend. I love you. I don't want to see you die. I don't want to see these things happen to you. And in that thought, with Satan present, thinking of him as just a man, Bryce, because they were expecting him to set up a kingdom on earth right then. Even Acts, the first chapter. At this time, Lord, go read it. Man, I'm going to tell you something. I got um, really stirred up recently to read in the book of Acts. I only have a few chapters left. But wow, what an awesome book looking at the Acts of the Apostles and what they did after, after Jesus um, was crucified, buried, and raised again the third day. They were filled with the Holy Ghost in that upper room, 120, and the Acts of the Apostles. I encourage you to go read that. It stirred me up. I think I'm in chapter 22 or 23. And um, some of the things they did and the works that God did with them is just absolutely amazing. So if, if you would, maybe you could read that book also. Now he rebuked him and said, For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. Because Jesus is, notice verse 21, From that time forth, when Peter had a word from the Father in heaven, Jesus is going to take him farther. And who's there to withstand him? Right? He's just a man. I was referencing the book of Acts. The first chapter. They said at this time Lord. Are you going to set up your kingdom? He had already told them. My kingdom's not of this world. There were some things about the I am. They still needed to learn. Didn't they Jim? And Jim was coming over testifying to me today. So in some areas Jim. Was that veil? Still? Was Jesus still hid from them? Was still veiled because they're looking at him as just a man? Absolutely. Absolutely. And Jennifer, I apologize for taking so long, but I did get that recording up. <laughs> now, go with me to John 13. John, the 13th chapter. 
Let's see where we're going to begin reading. Now I'll set this up a little bit. Jesus is with his disciples and he's going to give them an example of a servant. What's he going to do? Many of you know he's going to call them together and he's going to wash their feet. In verse 4. Talking about Jesus, he riseth up from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that he poureth water in a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Watch what he's getting ready to do. He's going to tell the Lord, no, Carrie, again. Verse 8, Peter saith unto him, thou shalt never wash my feet. Did you hear that? Not just no, never. You with me? Not just no. He said, uh, where are we at, 8? Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, thou shalt have, thou hast no part with me. He quickly changed it to a yes, don't he? Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. He's like, yea, Lord. I'm ready now. I didn't mean to say no. Yes, wash me. He said, Simon, uh, verse 10, Jesus saith to him, he that is washed needeth not to say needeth not save to wash his feet but is in clean every whit and ye are clean but not all why Judas Iscariot the betrayer of the Lord was still in the midst wasn't he but isn't that awesome how Peter when he realized wait I'm not gonna have a part with you yea Lord yes I I will I'll, I'll do this and we're gonna talk about those that said yes also we'll give some Old Testament witnesses on this what about um Jonah. Did Jonah tell the Lord no? And what was that about? Go preach my word, huh? Oh, we're gonna, I'm going to save that one for a little bit here. Go preach my word to Nineveh. No. No. Not only you don't see him say no, you see him do no. <laughs> you see his actions. He went, get on a ship. I'm getting out of here. I'm not doing this. No, Lord. But God has a wonderful way of reminding you who he is, doesn't he? And he reminded Jonah. And Jonah said, yes, Lord. <laughs> He's a persuader, Daryl said. Paul said, being fully persuaded. Right? Okay, go with me to Acts, the 10th chapter. Acts chapter 10. I believe this is where I want to be. In verse 9, um, it says, On the morrow, as they went on their journey, let me see here real quick. Now, the beginning of this chapter, uh, Peter is going to be introduced to a Gentile named Cornelius. And God wants to bring the Gentiles, graft them into the commonwealth and salvation of Israel. Not only he wanted, he's going to. And he chooses Peter by his mouth to do this. And he's going to send him to Cornelius, send him to his house to do what? Preach the gospel. Share the good news about Jesus Christ. And so he, he goes, 
or no, let me see here. First of all, Cornelius is instructed about Peter. Then in verse 9, on the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. You get ready to see a vision, isn't he? And saw a heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Look at this. But Peter said, No. It actually says not so. But he said, No, Lord. Take a look. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or is unclean. Does he have an expectation? Does he have a preconceived notion of what he's supposed to do when the word of the Lord comes to him? Not only did he tell him no, Mikey told him no three times. Look at this. No, no, and no. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now look what happens when you tell God no. Now while Peter doubted in himself, did you hear that? He's not understanding something here, but look at the mercy of God in this. The Lord works with him. He's not understanding that he's being sent to the, to the Gentile until he goes. Until he goes. When he goes to Cornelius' house, because the Spirit speaks to him, he starts putting these things together about this vision, about this sheet knit at the four corners about these beasts being in there and everything and he starts getting an understanding so you may not understand everything but wouldn't it be good to say yes lord instead of no and god was so kind and worked with peter to get him there and and start interpreting for him what was going on because in peter's mind things were supposed to be a certain way i'm a jew i'm an israelite i'm it's we're forbidden to do these things you're telling me to do but Jesus is above the law, isn't he? He created the law. He made the law. And you know what? You can look at it this way. He can change the law. And it's not a change. It's what do you want to call an enhancement. He's getting ready to graft in the Gentile. And he, he works with Peter to give him the interpretation of what's going on there. And even to know what to speak to Cornelius in his house and all those going forward. But notice he told him no, didn't he? No, Lord. Peter's all the time telling the Lord no. That's three examples right there altogether. Do you know of anybody else in the Bible that told the Lord no more than Peter? Huh? We got an Old Testament witness. Jonah told him no. How about Paul? Did Paul tell the Lord no? Well, you got to think about it. I'm, I'm provoking you here, huh? I'll show it to you. Uh, Carrie, what are you saying? John told him no? Let's hear it. John the Baptist. Yep, when he was uh, going to be baptized, he said, no, Lord. That's a good example, Carrie. Thank you. Jim? You got it, Jim. Jim said, was it when... Did Paul say no when he listened to Stephen's preaching? That's exactly right. 
Stephen starts preaching in Acts chapter 6. He continues preaching in Acts chapter 7. And Paul is there as Saul holding the coats of them that stoned Stephen. So in his actions, Stephen is preaching. I mean a dynamic message about Jesus. He went all the way back, and we're going to talk about it, to Abraham. Matter of fact, we'll probably go there here in just a minute. Acts chapter uh, 7 is where we'll, we'll look. But he's preaching this message, and Paul and those that are there are gnashing with their teeth, despising everything Stephen was saying about Jesus. But I've, I've seen this in the Spirit, and he did reserve in his mind for a split second. Maybe this is true. Maybe what he's saying. Maybe one day, Carrie, I'll say yes. And notice a lot of the times they said no, they didn't understand. But there's one that said no to the Lord more than everybody we've talked about here today. Who is it? Huh? The Apostle Peter. But there's one more than him. Who? Huh? This is a rough one. No. This individual told the Lord no ten times. Look at my Bible, people. Pharaoh. Ten plagues. The Lord said, let my people go. No, which is a type of Satan. See, the devil always, always tells God no. He's always there, Daryl, to withstand and say no to the will of God, just like we read with Peter, didn't he? Even if the plagues are being brought on his heart, Sharon, he's saying no, I won't let him go. No. But after the 10th time, what did he say? He knows how to persuade Satan even, huh? He said yes so emphatically, get out of here. Take everything you got. Take everyone with you. Okay, yes. I tap. I give up. I quit. Uncle, like we used to say back in the 80s. Huh? <laughs> Jennifer mentioned that today. Uncle, I quit. No more. Yes, Lord. And interesting enough, Tim Gowett talked about this not too long ago. I've talked about it many times. Pharaoh didn't know who the Lord was, did he? Moses goes. Let Israel go. Let my people go. Lord, who's the Lord? I know not the Lord. That's what he said. Well, let me introduce the Lord to you with ten plagues. There's some humorous stuff in the Bible, if you ever catch it. This is God's introduction to Pharaoh. Huh? Here's a plague. Here's a plague. Here's a plague. Here's ten of them. Okay, yes. Yes. I'm good. Take everything you got. Take your people. Take everything with you and get out. And then when they left, what did he say? He changed his mind, didn't he? I made a mistake. Christy just talked about this or taught on it. I think it was. Oh, no, Madison is teaching it out there right now. We had a great conversation yesterday. She said, she, did you talk to her also? With the lesson you created, huh? Yeah. Pharaoh takes himself and 600 chariots. And he basically says, Merle, I changed my mind. I know I said yes. This is the devil. He's changed his mind all the time. I know I said yes, but the answer is no. I'm going to go get you. And you know what God said to the devil? No. <laughs> Didn't he? Isn't that ironic how that can happen? He said, no, you're not going to get my people back. Here, I'm going to open the Red Sea. My people are going to walk through on dry land. I'm going to set up a, uh, I'm going to sabotage you, basically. They're going to go through on, on dry ground. And when you get halfway in there, I'm going to say no. 
and I'm going to bring the waters down. And he drowned Pharaoh and 600 chariots, and he told Israel, look, look at them. Look at their dead bodies. He told Moses when he sent him into Egypt what he was going to do, Daryl. He was going to get his glory on Pharaoh in Egypt. He was going to judge that nation that held his people captive. Whoo, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? That devil's been in your life and he's been tormenting you, Jim, and he's been working against you. God's got a plan for him. You know what his plan is? I'm going to judge you. I'm going to get my glory on you. I'm going to destroy you. I am going to let them see my work in their life, in your life. You will be no more. Whoo. Say so you're getting a little bit excited, huh? A little bit excited. Amen. And God got his glory, didn't he? And they saw them dead bodies laying on the shore. And God told them the truth, didn't he? Did Israel tell God no a lot of times? The devil always tells him no. Don't forget that. Now, in Acts chapter 7, because here we got to get to something a little different here. That's all about them saying no to God. Peter said no to God many times. Paul said no to God. You know who never, ever, ever said no to his father not one time? Jesus. Isn't he the perfect example? You know, they have that saying, come hell or high water. Huh? Come, come death, Sharon. Come being killed, going to be crucified, suffering, having every single person doubt me and turn against me, even my disciples I love. He never told the Lord no. He always said yes. Yes, I will go from the beginning. Yes, I will preach your gospel. Yes, I am willing to do anything and everything for you, God. This is our example. Now, I said this. I'm going to say it again. There were times when Peter, he really wanted to be saying yes because of things he didn't understand that the Lord had to lead him in. And a lot of times that's what happens with us. So even if we're saying no at the time, if we stay with God and don't leave, he'll never forsake you. He'll never lead you. He can lead you in to a place where you say, yay, Lord. Yes, every single time. Merle? She said, he will bring it to remembrance. That's a work of the Spirit. The Comforter, was it in John 14? I think it's John 14. What is the work of the Comforter? To bring to remembrance all things. Jesus said, whatsoever I have said unto you. To bring visit you, carry and bring comfort into your heart and into your life. God is so faithful. He sent his son huh, to the world. For he so loved the world, he sent his son. That whosoever would believe in him should not perish, shall not perish, will not perish, but have eternal life. Are you here today standing with me saying yes to eternal life? Then understand something. When Jesus comes to you, you may not know him as the I am, Jim. Paul didn't know. When Jesus came to him, how did he come to him? He came to him as the I am, didn't he, Jim? Go read his conversion. There was a light that shined above the new day. Noonday, didn't he said, I am the light of the world? So he came to Paul as an I am. All Paul had known before, just like Peter, just like the other disciples is, Jesus is a man. The difference between Peter and Paul was, Peter believed thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Paul thought he was an imposter. Paul thought he was a fraud. But Paul loved God. And he asked the question, huh? Who art thou, Lord? 
I know you're the Lord. I know you're God. I see the light. I need to hear your voice. That's powerful, isn't it? I need to hear your voice. And he asked him, who art thou, Lord? Is I Jesus? Guess what he changed his no to? Immediately. Yes, Lord. You know, Paul, he's an amazing man. Amazing. He never, ever told the Lord no again. Did you know that? When he was beaten, when he was shipwrecked, when he was uh, beat with stripes, Daryl, when he was stoned and they thought he was dead, he still told the Lord yes every single time. They're going to kill you. We're going to let you down in a basket outside the city to save your life. Yes, Lord. A prophet named Agabus went to Paul and he took his girdle, he bound his hands and his feet. And he says, this is what they're going to do to you. It says in the book of Acts that uh, every city he went into, it was prophesied. There were prophets there telling him, if you go to Jerusalem, you are going to be bound. They're going to take you. And you know what he said? It don't matter to me. It don't matter what happens here. It don't matter what the enemy does to my life, what those unbelieving Jews do, what the Gentiles do. It doesn't matter to me. I believe what the prophets were saying. Paul believed them. But he says, I'm not only willing to go and be put in bondage and be put in prison, I'm willing to die. Where did he get that example from? The one that never told God no. Jesus, our perfect example, always told him yes. I'm going to wrap this up, but go with me to Acts, the seventh chapter. Let's look at uh, this little bit of preaching here. I love this. It's going to lead us right into it. Yeah, verse 1. Then said the high priest, are these things so? And he said, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. The, uh, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Quran, And said unto him, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come into the land which I shall show thee. And what did Abraham do? Carry? What did he do? Carrie, look at me. You answered good earlier. He, he said yes. That's what I'm after. <laughs> earlier you were right on the money. No. They said no. He said yes, Bryce. The book of Hebrews, the faith chapter, chapter 11. Abraham. Go read it when you get a chance. All of those men starting with who? Who was the first one? Seth? Abel. Yes, Abel. And then Enoch and got to, to Abraham and it says that Abraham was called, Bryce, to leave his father's house, to go to a place that he did not know, that he would later receive as an inheritance. And what did he say? Not knowing. See, there are some times when we say, yes, Lord, we don't know everything. Bryce, years ago, you made a commitment to God, and I appreciate it very much. You could have went to colleges all over the United States. And you said no to man, you said yes to God. Now, Ali, that doesn't mean every single one of us would have to do that. God dealt with him about that. But I'm going to show you some good examples. I'll show you some examples of some elders. I'll show you some examples right here, right now, of people that told God yes, not knowing, going out of their father's house. wish I had another uh, elder here to do this, but I'm going to do it the best I can, Okay. Well, I met my beautiful wife not long after I met a man in Chicago named Jeff Whedon. Merle, we sat in a service together and listened to the preaching. And I discerned and said, in my heart, this is God. Whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to say yes, Daryl. And you know what God did? 
He said, I want you to go to a big old city they called the Windy City. Mike, he said, I want you to, I'm going to send you to Chicago. And I went to a place not knowing. And I mean seriously, not knowing. Christy and I, you know, I guess we'll date ourselves here a, a little bit. But we didn't have cell phones back then. We had a two-way radio. I put one in my truck. I put one in her car. We communicated the whole way, what, four or five days getting to Chicago. We didn't have cell phones to, to uh, Siri or Alexa or anybody to tell us how to go. We looked at maps. We'd have to pull over. We'd, eat, we'd map our course out. But we said, yes, we didn't know where we was going. Now, this is so awesome. Watch this. I said yes to the Lord not knowing. After being in Chicago for a while, you guys know the story. I was ordained senior pastor and the CEO of the company. We quickly realized as an eldership with being led by Rick Rush, Dan Ellis, Gary Ellis, Dave Lowry, Pastor Kenny, PK, and Keith Hickey. We realized this thing that's been set up as a senior pastor it's not God. It's man did it. We had one man trying to lead everything and telling God no. We want to tell him yes, Merle. We want to tell him yes. Gave up the title. Gave it all up. We said Jesus is the senior pastor. Rick Rush has the word of the Lord to lead us and to guide us. My point is I went out not knowing did I inherit some great things. Not just me. Pastor Dan is living in Virginia. And I want you to know something. It was the spirit that intervened the spirit itself said brian need you to go to this place to hear my word and to grow jennifer can you relate to that carrie can you relate to that sharon merle uh, everybody i said came from an, a different state all these ladies right here i'm not saying i inherited the title i'm not saying i inherited the leadership of that of, of uh, church i inherited the word of god the things that god sent me daryl to go and be a part of but not just me daniel was in virginia the word of the lord and we they came to us by dream sent him to chicago and i'm going to the order it went i went first daniel went second and and god told him you by dan's testimony when god first told him he was going to through the prophecy of rick rush you're going to be the pastor of this church you know what dan said no <laughs> he didn't think he was a pastor he didn't want to be a pastor mike he said, no, I got some preconceived notions of what I am, who I'm going to be, what I'm going to do. But look at it now. When he said yes and said yes every single time, God put him behind that pulpit, just like I have. I want to say something to you. What an honor Dan has um, to be the pastor in Chicago. But you know something? I specifically asked God to be a pastor here. I specifically, Dathan, asked God, to pastor here in Visalia, California. I've never regretted it. What an honor for Pastor Daniel to be the, the pastor in Chicago. What an honor that God would answer my prayer and, and have me here with you wonderful folks. We said yes, but it doesn't stop there. His brother, Gary, which you're getting ready to hear from here in a couple weeks, Excuse me, got a little bit emotional there. It's, it's just, man, these things mean a lot to me. I love the Lord. And when he puts these things in our heart and the, and the witness we have right before our face, it's amazing, isn't it? 
Gary was in Florida and said, I need you to go to Chicago. Those guys can testify to you for themselves. I did not want to go to Chicago. <laughs> I was born in Visaya, raised in Exeter, played Little League in Farmersville. This Visaya was the biggest city I'd ever been to. Right before we went to um, Chicago and moved, Christy and I went to Fresno, and I, I lived in the Bay Area. I've been around big cities, this and that. But we went to Fresno, that mall there, Mike, and it's like, whoa, look at all these people. What, can you imagine what we said when we got to Chicago? The asphalt jungle? We didn't leave the city for a year or so. Then Christy and I went down to see Joyce Myers in Bloomington or somewhere like that. And we got outside of the city, and it's all flat. White houses, no hills, nothing. And you're like, wow, this is weird. But it was all a part of saying yes. Pastor Gary, Pastor Dan, did they leave their father's house and go to a place that they would later inherit? And when I'm talking about being pastors, we inherited the word of God. Pastor Dan, Pastor Gary left their father's house, went to a place that they would later receive as an inheritance. What did they receive? The word of the Lord. Did they, we get opportunities to be an elder in this fellowship? Did we inherit that? Yes. How about Pastor Dave, he didn't have to leave his physical place, but he left the teaching of his previous fathers. Hubert Kinney, he stayed in Yuma, but he left the teaching of his previous fathers. Pastor Keith was there from the beginning with Rick. They built the church together there in Chicago. They said, yes, Lord. What did they inherit? You could say, well, they're all elders. They're all pastors. They have a building. They got a church. They got the names of pastors. No, they inherited the word of God. They inherited, and we still are inheriting the promises of God. And that's why I'm presenting this to you here today. It's yay and amen. You have the opportunity. God is here for each and every one of you. Every time, Bryce, you hear this preaching, to reserve in your heart and say, yes, Lord. Yes. And there are times when we say no, and we're hoping we say yes, but understand God is kind, and God is merciful, and he is faithful, and he will work with us. Does there get to be a point in time where you need to say yes like Jonah? <laughs> Maddie was laughing about it. She said, he ended up in hell. He ended up in that, with that big fish, she said, in the belly of the well. He sure did. But Daryl, after much persuasion, he said yes. After being regurgitated up on the shore. Huh? My point here is you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to be in hell, Mike, to say yes to the Lord. We can be like Jesus. We can be like Jesus and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Father. I've been in the Spirit and the Lord told me, I'm sending you to do this. I am sending you. And I said, I will go. In other words, what did I say to the Lord? Yes, Lord. Any questions? Sharon? Hang on a second. Let Jim give you that microphone. Do you know by being here today, in your actions, you're saying yes to the Lord? Every time you keep the commandments of God with your heart and you do the things you do unto the Lord, you know you're saying yes to the Lord. I used these men and the physical examples we got here, but each and every one of you are an example also of how you can say yes to the Lord and you can do it even in your actions. If we tell our kids no, 
and then they let them wear us down to the point we say yes later, what are we teaching them? My word means nothing. I'm a liar. You can do whatever you want to. And Mike, they pick it up quick, don't they? They realize, if I say no enough times, they'll say yes. And we teach them that, don't we, Sharon? Yes. How many kids do you raise? Is your yay be yay and nay be nay always, or did you ever waver in that? That's a trick question, because we all can make a mistake at times. We can all say yay and end up saying nay. <laughs> Carrie, why is your mom pointing at you right now? <laughs> Mother, she said. <laughs> You've ever done that, Carrie? I think I've caught you a hundred times. We're just having a little bit of fun at the end of this recording. But... but in all seriousness, let's put our faith and our trust in the Lord, and when we can, where we can, let's say yay, Lord, with all our heart. Amen? Is that okay, Sharon? All right. Anybody else? All right. Kept you a long time. They got me up here late, so if it looks like a long time, that wasn't just me. Appreciate you guys. God bless you. Come back next week, and uh, haven't seen Summer for a couple weeks. Maybe somebody can reach out to her, huh? Thank you for being online, Juanita, everybody that's on there, uh, Linda and Al. God bless you, and uh, remember Bible studies this week. I'll see you back here next Sunday. How does that sound? Okay, God bless you.